When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Farm Talk with John O'Connor. Later in our program, Mr. Liam Leahy, tillage advisor with Dairy Gold Agribusiness on a special event upcoming on Wednesday, 29th of June. Also, the new Acres Agri-Environmental Scheme, the Minister outlines the scheme. Acres is a 1.5 billion euro agri-environmental scheme which has been launched by the government. Acres aims to target 50,000 farms across the country, encouraging farmers to improve biodiversity on their land. However, it will be subject to the approval of Ireland's draft CAP Strategic Plan from the European Commission. Minister for Agriculture Charlie McConnellogue hopes it can begin next January. So there's a key focus here in relation to reducing the need for chemical fertiliser, in relation to focusing more on clover sward, multi-species sward, um, and low and permanent pasture. And also then, as well, there's, there's measures there in relation to tree planting, riparian zones along waterways, all with the key objective of actually ensuring that as we do agriculture, as we do food production, that water quality is protected as part of that. It's time now to scale up that investment and the environmental ambition in our next agri-environment scheme to start from next January. While our draft strategic plan is, is under approval at the moment of the European Commission, now is a good time to give an update on acres and to get as much preparatory work done as possible to facilitate commencement of contracts from the 1st of January next year. In response to the launch, the president of the ICMSA, Mr Pat McCormack, said the new acres scheme would be nothing like the previous rep scheme, as had been previously suggested by the government. And Mr McCormack noted that, quote, no amount of sound bites was going to hide that reality. Mr McCormack suggested that all farmers would be disappointed by the scheme when finally approved by Brussels. But, he said, commercial farmers interested in adopting environmental measures and progressing their individual sustainability would be particularly disappointed. And a special reminder that the 41st Charleville Agricultural Show is taking place today, Saturday, 25th of June, and on Sunday, tomorrow, 26th of June. With more on this, Miss Bernie Carroll, Secretary and Assistant PRO for Charleville Agricultural Show. Our show is on Saturday, June the 25th, and Sunday, June the 26th. So on Saturday, we would have um, the showing of ponies. We have show jumping. We have the dairy uh, judging the beef classes, pony club games. We would have judging of uh, decorative classes, horticulture, adults, um, arts and crafts, children's arts and crafts, 
cookery section, lots of trade stand, pet corners and the beagles. And then on Sunday, we would have again um, showing of horses, show jumping. We'll have the beagles again. We have judging of sheep, all-time crafts, a massive vintage display, a dog show, a baby show, lots of trade stands. And this year we have for the first time the mounted games on Sunday for individuals and teams. On the Sunday this year we have um, the Garda Band, uh, which we're very honoured to have. I think it'll be a big attraction because, you know, people see it on television, but they never actually see them live. And we're delighted to have the band this year. And just, I suppose, to remind patrons as well that on Saturday and Sunday, we have hot and cold meals available on both days for people so they can take a day off from the kitchen. And patrons' uh, amusements on both days as well. And, you know, the kids love the amusements. It's a long time since they've been on the chair of planes or the, uh, the swinging boats and all. So we have all those kind of amusements as well on both days. The show we're talking about, the actual title of the show we're talking about, when it's on and where it's located. Charvel Agricultural Show on Saturday, June the 25th and Sunday, June the 26th at Pipe Cross, Ballyhea, Charvel on the N20 between Charvel and Ballyhea. That's wonderful. Thank you very much indeed, Miss Bernie Carroll with the Charleville Agricultural Show. Thank you, Bernie, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you, John, and we look forward to seeing you at the show. I look forward Thank to going. You. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr. Edmund Graham, the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association National Beef Chair. First of all, Edmund, welcome to the programme. Good news for the Banagher meat plant, but you said planning delays must be fixed once and for all because the trend is a bad one, you know, slow planning provision. So the background to that good news for Banagher plant and how you see this as being a positive move, a bit late, but a positive move. Yes, it's, I think every farmer around the country is delighted to see that this is, uh, we've got permission now to go ahead with this uh, facility. Hopefully the investors will uh, continue and go ahead and, and finish what they set out to do. So it'll be a big bonus um, for farmers right around the country, increased competition uh, for livestock and um, it can only be seen as very positive. I couldn't quote figures, so I wouldn't be sure, but you, you're you're into tens of millions um, at this stage for developing any facility. Um, you know, they have to be state-of-the-art and government-approved and department-approved, so uh, there would be very costly facilities. Uh, I know costs have, have risen over this last couple of years in terms of labour and material costs, but hopefully this project can still go ahead and the, it will be beneficial, as I say, it brings in plenty of competition. We are at the stage now where the national herd, like it's increasing, we've seen the dairy herd increase from year to year. Uh, numbers are getting bigger. The suckler herd maybe would be declining a slight wee bit, but on a whole the numbers are going up. So there's more livestock uh, in the country and of course we need more facilities. Like we've seen over the last few years the big investment there's been in the dairy processing facilities and I think even today there's been news of more been um, granted permission to go ahead. So um, listen, it's, it's, it's good, it's going to be costly but hopefully the investors w- will go ahead and look positively on this whole um, um, factory. The, the people who are investing, are they a consortium of Irish companies or a combination of Irish and overseas? Or some people suggested 
There was a Chinese involvement. We know the vast market available in China for beef, but for some reason, probably a case of BSE has stopped imports or nearly stopped them into China. But any idea of the composition of the people who are proposing to build this banner chilling plant, chilling meat processing plant? Well, listen, the word was that there were Chinese investors and they were hoping to... um, export beef out to the Middle East, so hopefully that can still go ahead. Um, I know the Chinese market technically is closed now at the minute. Um, there was a case of BSE uh, back a couple of years ago in Ireland, and the Chinese authorities, well, the Irish government, I suppose at that stage, stopped stop the export of beef until all the paperwork was been in uh, place and everything was safe. So, um that has been done, and uh, as far as I know, the Chinese government are happy with everything that is put in place, but they've never sort of given the OK to go ahead and start taking beef from Ireland again. There was a similar case in Brazil last year, and that closed the Brazilian market down for a few months, and they're up and running again very quickly. Um, so it's amazing that they haven't come back to the, uh, Ireland to to start um, taking beef from Ireland. So I do believe, and I know Board B and government officials are are doing the best to get the, the market open, but until the Chinese authorities say that they want to start uh, importing our beef again, there's very little more, I suppose, can be done. During your term as ICSA Beef Chair, you have been a very strong proponent of solar panels providing energy, generating energy for use on the farm. The recent uh, talk about relaxing the rules for the installation of solar panels, I think that's something that you probably would uh, regard as quite positive. Uh, Yes, indeed. For years now, the ICSA have been pushing the government to give farmers incentives to... uh, uh, use solar energy and make use of it, and but there's a problem there. There was minimal grants for some farmers that would suit some farmers, but for the majority of farmers that weren't over big users of electricity, so there was no real advantage unless they're using it themselves. The problem being that if farmers did produce uh, electricity, it would have to be fed back into the grid, grid free of charge and the farmers would get nothing for it, so you can't invest in something that you're not going to get a return for. But farmers right around the country, like sure there's endless amounts of uh, shed roofs where solar panels could be put on them, and we could be generating electricity without any fuss at all. Um, So we have been pushing for that for a few years, and at some stage, I think we will get our way. It will happen, but uh, government policies needed to change and we need to be able to get uh, some payment for the electricity we produce. We could start on the basis that you would be generating your own energy, and that would save money. And then ideally, I presume ICSA would be lobbying very strongly that instead of people just uh, having to hand over <coughs> the energy, surplus energy they've generated, that at least the farmer would get paid. And there we would have a very viable climate action plan. Exactly, like um, that is one thing that was discussed last week um, under these new climate proposals. And if farmers were to produce electricity on the farm, they wouldn't really get any credits for it. For that would be associated with the um, energy sector rather than agricultural sector. 
But um, I suppose any business around the country, say, no matter what you are, they want to be efficient nowadays. And, you know, producing your own electricity, sure, they've been self-sufficient. And, uh, you know, we just appeal to the government that, you know, move quickly and let us use these um, solar panels on the roof to produce electricity. And also, I suppose I should say, that we've been pushing for uh, a few years now for anaerobic digesters also, which is another source of alternative energy, and um, there needs to be more work done on that too. So farmers have the ability to produce electricity if um, they were given incentives to do it and encouragement. The feedback seems to be in farming circles and in the agri-media in general that the majority of farms across the country could install this uh, PV solar photovoltaic systems across the entire roof space of their sheds without planning permission under these new regulations. But you do want to have a clear situation where the farmers get paid for anything they put into the grid. And that seems to be just logical if they want to encourage it. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, um, we need the incentives there and we need a bit of encouragement. Uh, we're getting none from the government, so until such times as we do get a bit of backing and encouragement from the government, farmers' hands are really tired, like tied. As I say, we can't just feed electricity back into the grid for nothing. You know, it comes at a cost to us, and if we're producing it, it should go out at a cost as well. In terms of the new reps, some people say it's entirely different from the original reps, Rural Environmental Protection Scheme, but the new reps, from what's known of it? It's very hard to know, time to tell. I think the general feeling out there this last few days when the scheme was announced that it's not really going to do much for farmers, it's not going to do much for the environment. Um, as I say, just... There's not enough incentives there. There's not enough encouragement for farmers. Um, It possibly will only take in around 60,000 farmers out of 120,000 farmers in the country. The average payment is maybe going to be around 5,000. There could be a lot of that 5,000 have to be spent to get the money. So, like, is it economical or is it not? If a farmer has to go and spend more money than what he's going to get a return and not get paid for his labour, um, it doesn't really make sense either. Any specific issue you feel the government should take action on? I suppose one of the major things now at the minute is our input costs on the farm. Um, and it's not only for beef farmers, it's for all farmers around the country. Uh, we have extremely high costs now to keep our machines running, the price of diesel, the feed for our animals. Everything is on an, uh, a high. So we need to be getting... Good prices for our produce. We see there this last couple of days, the dairy processors are announcing another increase in milk. They're supporting the dairy farmers. But at the same time, the beef processors, early spring, they talked about a shortage of beef in May and June, and we're encouraging farmers to, to feed cattle to have them for the meat factories in, in June. And already now we're seeing the factories starting to pull prices. So uh, it doesn't give much encouragement for farmers to feed cattle on into the back end with the high uh, rising costs and um, maybe lower um, beef prices. And even today, I just happened to be talking to my, my local sales rep uh, uh, for feed, and 
the ration of meal is going up another 20 euros a ton next week. So costs are getting very high. So we need the government to watch what's happening. Um, the producer, to make sure he's getting paid, we need to get paid above our cost of production to keep in business. As you've indicated at the start of our conversation, the good news that the Banner meat chilling plant, the chilling meat processing plant, has had planning permission granted. So in that way, at least, you feel that logjam has brought in some badly needed competition, which may give a bit of hope to the beef sector and the suckler people who seem to be the worst off in, in terms of the beef sector. But again, you'll find, I'm sure, dairy people now will phone in and say, what about those on the fixed price contracts and the the people who are trying to produce winter liquid milk? So every sector has its problems. But in general, I think it's agreed, the dairy sector, they are the most profitable of all sectors, I would say, from feedback. Yes, I suppose that's right. Well, thank you very much indeed for your valuable time. Mr. Redmond Graham, Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmer Association, National Beef Chair. Thank you, Evan, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thanks, John. Okay. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr. Liam Leahy, Tillage Advisor with Dairy Gold. First of all, Liam, welcome to the programme. Now, could you give our listeners a general overview of how tillage is doing at the moment? John, broadly speaking, tillage crops are doing quite well. Uh, Rain would be very welcome, obviously, particularly to uh, spring crops, some of the later planted uh, spring crops at that. But in general, a lot of tillage crops are starting to move beyond that critical stage now that rain is a paramount from. So, you know, I think by and large, crops are doing well. They've had a good winter and had a very good spring. And look, we're probably looking forward to, hopefully, good yielding harvest now. And, you know, we're going to have our first harvest in probably in maybe two weeks, the outside of it, three weeks' time. So it's all about to happen. Now, the role of SIM, the straw incorporation measure, is that having any appreciable impact on the situation, you know, vis-a-vis winter oilseed rape or spring barley or winter wheat? So straw incorporation, you know, all efforts to try and control the carbon, etc., and emissions and uh, keep soil nice and healthy. It is having an, an impact, and it's something that tillage farmers have embraced very openly and welcomed it with open arms for many different reasons. I suppose, firstly, from, I suppose, a certain market for straw, it has put a floor on the market for straw, and the market, when straw that finds its way into the scheme, it puts a very able market for, what people, for, for straw that's left that people choose not to chop. But apart from that, tillage farmers are very aware and conscious of what it does to the soil and the benefits of it putting it back into the soil, particularly now with the price of uh, potash in particular, which draws quite rich. And so, uh, yes, people are very open to it. As we know, the scheme has been fully subscribed again this year. Uh, and in fairness to the department, they have had a bigger purse to allocate. So it's pretty, we're pretty sure at this stage, everyone that applied for it are going to get it. And yes, the tillage farmers are going to do their bit. They're going to incorporate the straw back in, build up their carbon reserves, please, guys, which are all positive for the our ecosystem and our climatic targets. 
And again, we see where the government have brought in the tillage scheme, the promotion, the tillage promotion, encouraging people to grow crops. And um, there does seem to be an appreciation of the value of tillage, the importance of tillage. And we know in the background, again, we have the Russia-Ukraine situation. But in general, the government with the um, strong cooperation, SIM, and the tillage scheme encouraging people to grow fodder crops. So in general, there is an appreciation at the highest level of the importance of tillage. Absolutely, John. I think you really summed it up there very nicely. And in fairness to our present Minister for Agriculture uh, and the government, they were very, very quickly to endorse it and to support it and to activate the, that same thought and, uh, and mindset. And farmers, as you quite rightly said, let it be tillage farmers, but also livestock farmers who had land available to them that they could actually devote to tillage were very quickly to transfer and to take up the schemes. And all that's positive. And it, uh, tillage farmers are playing their part in this whole quest to improve our climatic uh, conditions and our whole environment. And uh, obviously the support, the financial support, makes a big difference. Uh, and people are willing to embrace it. It's the difference between maybe doing it and doing it. And uh, it, should, it was heavily subscribed. And I would say, well done to the government. And hopefully, hopefully it might be continued, which will show a long-term support. The government and the minister might be slightly taken aback by your praise there because they usually get a stick from the farming organisations one way or another, a step in the right direction but not doing enough type of thing. Something in the background you don't hear discussed a lot, black grass. There's been a call for black grass to be treated far more seriously as an official noxious weed. Some authorities equate it to TB. This black grass is the TB of tillage. And they say farms where black grass has become an evidence, they should be isolated in the same way that you'd isolate a farm with a TB outbreak. Yeah, look, unfortunately, I know a lot about this problem. Uh, as in the last recent years, in the last few years, it has started to pop its head up in Ireland. It has been in the UK, as we all know, for a significant number of years now. But in Ireland, it has found its way across the channel now with seed or with machinery. But look, it's a, it's a real scorch in tillage. I wouldn't be as, I, I wouldn't be maybe as quite as dramatic as saying it should be treated as a noxious weed. But certainly tillage farmers that do have it, and there's many of them there, some don't even know it, unfortunately, because it's quite difficult to identify it. But there are methods and ways of dealing with it and of farming around it. Uh, crop rotation, establishment techniques, the correct and prudent use of a, a certain degree of pesticides. And we can farm with it. Is it a threat? It's a huge threat. Once we can keep it within our own farm, I think you're doing very well at that. But to treat it as an oxygen we and shut down farms, I wouldn't quite go that far. It's all very fine to say that, Chan, but tillage farmers are mechanised and geared up to handle ex-acreage. And they'd gladly close down land if they can replace it with other land to keep their business viable and going. Look, it's a threat. It's a big, big threat, I'm sure. Like the TB, as you mentioned a while ago, which I hate comparing to if there was a proper compensation. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. program for taking land out of production for a period of time until the weed abated, maybe that would be considered. But till such time as those type of uh, of uh, schemes or plans are in place, I wouldn't I wouldn't be going as dramatic as some of the commentary in the last 24 or 48 hours. But certainly we, we should be aware and try and um, assist farmers in at least recognising if they have a problem and uh, for their own good that they would uh, try and have crop rotation or they'd uh, apply some natural response that would uh, diminish it or stop it in its tracks in, in some way. Chuggers have been very upfront about this. I myself with my own uh, tillage team in Derrigal, we have wrote extensively about blackgrass and the demon of it and the, the, the effort to try and control it and try and highlighting the threat of it. And we will continue to do that. Um, and I think it is a, a fight that we have it on our hands. But I think with the right attitude, the right support, wherever that, whatever that support means, let it be financial, let it be, let it be social, let it be educational, I think we can stave it off. But, I mean, I don't think, go, I don't think we can eradicate it. I think there's learning how to farm around it and with it and to use, as you said there, proper rotations and crop choices that we can get proper pesticides under control. And again, look, it, it's a very specific topic, and I'm sure it'll be the, discussed in many arena over the next six and eight months, and much much more than that. But look, it is a scourge, and we will deal with it. Dairy Gold are major purchasers of grain. Now, in terms of the range of crops, I know there would be a desire to promote beans and protein crops and try and um, the European Union would even encourage countries to try and grow protein crops and beans. You might comment on how good beans can be in terms of uh, bringing the tillage farmer a stream of income. We have been one of the out in the foremost promoting beans and supporting beans and they're a very very valuable crop to us uh, we look upon them as a very very rich source of protein and, and, and starch for that matter and used 
extensively in our mill in Lumberstown as its protein source, along with other protein sources, because unfortunately we don't get nearly as much as we'd like to get. Now, we every early every spring we come out and we put a minimum price on beans, not a market price, just a minimum price, guaranteeing farmers that they are going to get at least this farm, which gives them a certain degree of assurance before they go planting. That's also supported by a, uh, a protein payment from the department, which is very welcome and really makes the crop viable. And it's going to be way up there this year, please God, with the best performers on tillage farms. Now, the, what it does for the soil is conditions the soil, it reinvigorates the soil. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a masterful rotation. And looking at it over a three or four year period with beans in the middle of that rotation, and look at the rebound you'll get from the crops afterwards, the following crops, it more than pays for itself. So we would be very much uh, supportive, and we will continue to be supporters of it. And I understand that the, I understand that I'm not so sure has the actual decision be finalised yet, but it looks highly likely that there's going to be increased funds made available for the coming year. Uh, from the department to further encourage a greater acreage of the crop. So what we would say, please bring it on. We want this thing grown and we will support as best we possibly can. The prices that we that we guaranteed back last January and February, they're well in the history books now for all the wrong reasons due to the Ukraine conflict. And our minimum price will be well surpassed come harvest, please God. But look, that's for another day. All cereals are very strongly priced at the moment. And look, whilst there's an awful, I suppose, tragedy or catastrophe, what's happening out in the east is blowing positive winds to other parts of the world. That's the irony of the whole thing. And again, looking into the far distant future, hopefully not too far distant future, when there's a peace uh, once more, we have to think about way down the road the implications of the admission of the Ukraine to the European Union and the implications for Irish agriculture, not just uh, grain, but that's something down the road. In the meantime, we would wish for an end to the, the conflict. Dairy Gold have organised um, some very important events. An event in particular, I think you want to remind our listeners about, Liam. To something that we are absolutely thrilled and delighted to be involved with. We have been, I suppose we've missed our people for the last three years, again for another difficult reason, the COVID-19. And we had no, we'll say, formal meetings. But thanks be to God, we're getting back into the field officially for the first time uh, next Wednesday night uh, with with Chagas and a giant effort. It is a signpost event, but there last year, Chagas approached me to know would we be able to help them maybe in organising a uh, signpost event and Kieran Collins, the local advisor, along with Kira Donovan, who's worked in Middleton office, uh, were anxious, as I was, to get a event down south because a lot of these events tend to be up the Midlands or further north. And down south, we have a lot of other issues, septoria, aphids, that they don't tend to have the same frequency or problems with them up the Midlands. So, yes, it was organised with the kind permission and support of the Allen family in Ballamaloo. Uh, the Ballamaloo House, probably renowned to most people. And they're kindly 
offerings the farm over the next five years as part of the signpost program. There's only a very small number of tillage farmers in Ireland included in the program, and they very kindly put their hand up to share, help, and you know, do all that's required, size sampling, and be honest and approachable in all that they do, which is very, very much in part of the program. So we're talking about it on Wednesday night. We have our first meeting there. And in difference to a lot of other events, this isn't about what we say, pesticide use and the results that you get from pesticide. It's more about the whole effect of the environment and how we can farm around the environment or how, what, we can, what we're doing and how we can do it better. It's not about not using pesticides. Pesticides will have to be used a certain amount of them. Fertilizers will have to be used, but in a controlled and more measured way. And just simply to try and get the best out of what we're doing and ultimately farm better and make as much profit, if not more, uh, for the host. And this is, the, this is the target set out by the program. It's a signpost farm, and hopefully we get support and people will come and listen and learn about it, about the, the whole program that they're involved in this year. Uh, in this program, just very briefly, there'll be four items covered. The whole aphid syndrome, which is very foremost in a lot of people's minds this year, that it's a problem, particularly down the south of Ireland, not so much up the Midlands. And this is why we're anxious to have the event down here, because things do happen down here that don't necessarily happen up the Midlands. So there'll be a, uh, there'll be a presentation on that. There'll be a presentation on different means of establishment. There is was a lot of talk about establishing crops now in a non-inversion way and that's going to be discussed in depth as will the whole area of catch cropping and the benefits that it brings to the side uh, other than just getting a financial reward from the department for participating in the program and then we'll also have our own Stephen Kelly who is an avid writer on our own trust and tillage uh, on the grain markets and feed markets He's the procurement manager for Dairy Gold, and he'll give a very upright, up to the minute uh, summary of where the markets are and where he thinks they're going. But that's like looking into a crystal ball, but let's see what he says. So everyone is welcome. There'll be maybe some of the finest foods, finger foods served afterwards, uh, all locally produced from Benamaloo. And I think it'll be a great evening out for those who are interested in attending. That's next Wednesday night from until 8 o'clock. That's great, Dean. And I'll just add something on there which uh, Fergal O'Mahony gave to me a few minutes ago there when he was talking earlier uh, for that one, that special event on at Darren and Rory Allen's in Ballymaloo, Shangari, Wednesday 29th of June, 6pm. And, uh, in fact, the air code for that, people might like to jot down, the air code is P for Peter 25, Y for yellow, 070. The air code there for Darren Allen's Valley Blue Farm, Shangari, P25, Y070. And, as you've said there, Liam, a fabulous opportunity to learn and, indeed, have a very enjoyable evening as well. I think it's 6, uh, 6 p.m. to 8, I believe. Yeah, 6 p.m. The meeting itself was at 6 p.m. Uh, there'll be four stands there, and at 8 then we'll have some light refreshments for all those that have attended. And, you know, as you just rightly said, John, it'll be nice evening out as well, you know. It's not all about business. There'll be a social aspect to it, no doubt. 
And again, we know in the background there is a very important support scheme open for applications. That's the 56 million euro fodder support scheme. So again, the government, um, you know, getting a bit of praise there for bringing in something. Uh, it's there and we have to take these things at face value. That's correct, John. And look, if nothing else, they are recognising the issues and they're making finances available to those who can take advantage of them. People being more acutely aware of the resources they have on their farm already, like the new role of slurry and a greater appreciation of the things which will give you a net profit at the end of your year. Yes, I mean, you've said so much there, John, and what you said, and this is actually going to be sent apart or uh, part of our meeting on Wednesday evening because some of those opportunities were taken on board by Dan and Rory Allen over the last six months in trying to cap the cost of fertiliser on the farm. And the results will be there to be seen and to be debated by anyone who would like to dig in further. Fertilisers are correcting a little bit in price now, but from dizzy heights. We all learn a little when it's put to us. Maybe something that we wouldn't have taken on in lesser times, but now we have reacted to it. And I no doubt some of those activities that we're participating in now will become habitual and become the norm going forward. And that's all positive too. Once once they are, and have no doubt, serving the environment and serving the whole ecosystem in a positive and constructive way. So yes, absolutely, you are right. And uh, we have learned so much. So we, look, we have to start thinking on being proactive, and that involves projecting the cost of fertiliser, what will the value of the harvest be next year. And we don't know, we don't know these facts yet, but people should be prepared to maybe make prudent and hard decisions at certain times of the year. And that means maybe forward selling some of their grain. I'm not for one minute advocating that anyone should forward sell their grain. But if they're going to be grossly overexposed with high cost of fertilizer, maybe there will be a time that you choose or you should choose to underwrite some of your exposure. But that's a decision for every individual person. But we have the facilities to offer any grower who wants to come and chat about that and maybe maybe just to make their business just a little bit more secure going forward. Feel free, anyone, to talk to us, bring any of the team, and you can ensure of confidentiality and attention as best we can give and advice. So thank you very much indeed, Mr. Liam Leahy, Tillage Advisor with Dairy Gold Co-op. Thank you very much indeed, Liam. Thanks a million. Thank you, John. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr. Fergal O'Mahony, Group Facilitator, Chagas Dairy Gold, Joint Programme, Moor Park Advisory Office. First of all, Fergal, welcome to the programme. Could you please remind our listeners about some very important upcoming events which we feel will be of particular interest to people? The first one is the Chagas Dairy Gold Joint Programme Monitor Farm Walk. It's on in Sean Moher's Crock, Moor Lower, Mitchellstown. It's on Friday, the 1st of July, at 11 o'clock. This, it was previously organised for this week, but it had to be postponed. So the uh, walk will be running in Sean Moher's Crockmore Lower, Mitchellstown, on Friday, the 1st of July, at 11 o'clock. A very big event on Tuesday, 5th of July, at the Grange um, Research Farm, I understand. Yes, John, the Chagas Beef Open Days on the Grange Research Farm, on Tuesday the 5th of July and is to run similar to Moor Park Open Day one from 9am to 4pm with um, John 
Conroy of Beef Advisor in Middleton will be on the programme there next week and give further details, but to just to give a shout out to people that may be interested in going to see the latest beef research to the open day on the Tuesday, the 5th of July in Grange Research Farm, County Mead. Tillage, signpost farms and IPM works, farm walks. You might mention one or two of those which would be relevant to farmers in general. The main one in the area that you're dealing with, the listenership will be listening in. There's the one on Wednesday, the 29th of June at 6pm on the farm of Darren and Rory Allen in Bellamaloo, Shanagarry, County Cork. So it'll give you an idea of the sustainability challenges and solutions in tillage farms, which will, what will be included in the walks will be water quality and reducing nitrate loss, reducing pesticides and developing non-plough-based systems on farms. So it'll be of great interest to any tillage farmers. And if they have any, require any more detail, if they contact the Middleton office, Kira Donovan is in the office there. She's an advisor who will be dealing with any queries. Coming to some topics, the current cow production on farms in terms of yield and butterfat protein. Yield is probably somewhere around 24, 24, 24 and a half litres, 4.1% fat and protein in around 350, maybe touching 355. I suppose at the moment, the main, we'll be dealing with them in a minute there, the growth rates are great, but just protein has got hit this year for, I suppose the main reason is grass quality, just just difficult to manage it the way the weather came. So protein at this time of year is a little lower than what we would like, whereas the opposite then is the fat is that little bit higher. So I suppose it's a bit of a chicken and egg, which they're looking at about 4.1 fat and 3.5, 3.55 protein at the moment. So the grazing situation on farms in your area, growth and what kind of supplementation rates uh, might be necessary? Some rain would be very welcome. Yes, the, it's been the biggest issue this there at the moment as we're recording as we've sun splitting the stones still and hopefully by the time that the the programme will be played will be after getting the forecast range and you know, the significant rain forecast for the weekend. So hopefully it will come and it will help alleviate the thing some bit. But at the minute there is quite reduced growth rates and just at the moment they've reduced quite a lot. And depending where you are, it cover a lot of groups. But different areas are more badly affected than others. And as a result, people out at the reduce down the amount of demand on the farm and by doing reducing down demand they're trying to match the growth that's there and some farms there there's growth they're only in the forties and they've had to reduce down the demand and how they've done that is they've introduced meal probably five kilos will be common enough being fed in those areas and five kilos of dry matter of silage likewise being fed to get the um, requirement, the grass requirement, don't match in somewhere near the growth figures and try and keep some bit of grass on the farms. But this, people have had to slow down quite a bit in some areas, more areas. They're probably getting away with four or five kilos a meal without any silage just at the moment. But if we don't get the forecast as rain, all areas would be affected quite a bit. But we'll be optimistic. Hopefully the rain will come in with the heat and everything that's there to correct the situation quite quickly is what we'll be hoping for. 
and the continued emphasis on breeding, the length of the breeding season and calving and predicted dates of birth in 2023. So looking at breeding, a survey of breeding feedback from your area. Yes, there's a good few people would have started 28th of April or 25th of April breeding. So they're in, in eight, maybe eight weeks done, heading for nine weeks breeding. And what has been very good this year is what we call submission rate. The amount of cows inseminated early, the first three weeks were, was excellent. The in-calf rate to it has been good. I suppose some people like it to be a small bit better, but there's nothing standing out. There's been issues this year, thankfully, and things seem to have run on quite well. Quite a lot of extra beef beef breeds used this year, so hopefully there'll be enough freezing calves in the future. Just There's been quite a change to using a bit more beef and probably sex semen as well. So it's quite changed amount of use but at the same time we're still in this eight nine weeks breeding done and the most important thing is to work out what length of breeding season you're going to have a lot of people will run with a 12-week breeding season and as a result if you've started the 25th of april you're heading into that last three weeks so it's a case of being vigilant a good few farms might have bulls out at this stage on the farm but some would use ai as well as the bulls still in those farms whereas if you're still 100 percent ai which good lots of the bigger farms are it's just to pay more as much attention as you can to get the last of those cows the last three weeks of breeding would be recommended somewhere around the 12 week breeding season so some tips and recommendations for maintaining good performance in young stock linked to grazing, meal feeding, dosing. So maintaining good performance in your young stock. Yeah, the, in the young stock we'll be talking about, there are calves, you know, and they've had a great start. The weather has been very good and grazing-wise, you'd like them to be grazing our fields with what we consider 12 1400 of a cover and it's just slightly stronger than what people might have normally left calves into we find it just works better with them and you know into that level obviously with the reduced growth right there in the last while it has been difficult to have that kind of grass available but hopefully if we get this moisture over the weekend that grazing will be able to find us suitable fields for putting the calves into on the meal feeding side, you know, at this stage you're heading into July there, you'll be hoping that the bigger calves would probably be able to work away just on grass only to reserve a size that they'll be well able to continue their good acceptable growth rates of 0.7 to 0.8 of a kilo a day is what you'll be looking for growth rate wise. And grass should be sufficient for those bigger calves. Some of the lighter calves, people will probably continue to feed maybe a kilo a meal to those on the land. And then finally turn into dosing. Just the one, you know, a lot of groups don't inquire of people what they do dosing-wise. Most people have at least one dose given to calves at this stage. People have been holding off and dosing much later than what we would have of old. Just be a bit of a caution that if we do get a rain with high temperatures, it might be quite a challenge from lungworms. So anyone that hasn't calves dosed, they just want to keep an eye on them that they don't get an over an overshot from long worm in the in the in the next few days. Thank you very much indeed. Mr Fergalomani, group facilitator, Chagas Dairy Gold, joint programme, Moore Park Advisory Office. Thank you very much indeed, Fergal. Thanks a million. Thanks, John. And that's Farm Talk for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to Barry O'Mahony and Murray Tuig 
96 and one of 3FM News reporter for contributing to the programme again this week. And congratulations to Marie Tuig for receiving her news reporting award. A special thank you to you, the listener, too, for tuning in. And a reminder that day one of Charleville Agricultural Show, Ballyhay on the approaches to Charleville on the Limerick Road, is now underway. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.